Welcome to Deep Spirituality. Uh, today we're going to talk about how do I identify my insecurities? How do I identify my insecurities? Now this podcast is going to lean a little bit toward the teen direction. Uh, that's one big thing on our minds in helping teenagers and also all of us. I'm older than uh, the ones who are here, Parker, Alexis, uh, Kiara, and Red are all joining me for this podcast. Um, and all of them have a lot of experience. Uh, Rhett and Kara actually work with teens and Alexis and Parker, uh, grew up in the church and, uh, took very routes to getting to the point of, <laughs> of believing in God. Well, I won't get into details on that, uh, to preserve people's identity and allow them to stay secure. Um, but um, we were talking off microphone uh, and Rat and Kiara about why is it so uncomfortable to talk about your own insecurities? Maybe you guys can tell us a little bit about that. Well, I mean, I think because I still feel insecure about it, like even as we're talking about it and earlier, like, what does insecurity feel like? I'm like, it feels like this. I feel a little sweaty, like my heart's beating a little bit. So because uh, it just brings all that stuff up again. And especially when we're talking about high school, I'm like, I was so incredibly insecure. Does that in mean it's unresolved? Yeah. Yeah, actually. So how do you help? How do you guys help teenagers working with teenagers? If, if I mean, Rhett, what do you think? Are you are your? Do you feel like your insecurities are unresolved? I have no idea. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I I feel like that I'm learning. Okay, I st- I still need to resolve it, but I am learning that it's helpful to talk about it. Yeah. Like on Sunday, uh, after you you gave one of the talks, I had a good conversation with one of the teens who was just sharing about all all the feelings that came up and all the ways that he feels insecure. Yeah. And I was like, man, dude, I relate. Like, this is the things I've been feeling insecure about yeah. this week. Like, I'm I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm still trying to compete. I still feel like no one likes me. No one cares about me. Like, I'm still searching for that same thing you're searching for. Yeah. You, it was like, wow. Like, I feel like you actually understand. Like, and that that was like. Now, a, was that a new experience for you? Yeah, it was. It, it was. Cause I, yeah, cause your I, face looked like that. Your face looked <laughs> like it was one of those, <laughs> those wow moments, those epiphany moments. Yeah, because everyone kind of, I mean, it's we talk about it a lot about the vulnerability and transparency and sharing the weakness, but I still, I think have like doubts or disbelief for like, well, why, why would someone appreciate that or connect to that? Like, like they need a victory. They need to hear about how to, how to win or how to beat it instead of. That's like, an interesting thing. You said, why would someone appreciate that? Right. And I was there before when I first started trying to work with people spiritually, I, 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 I didn't think, I didn't think vulnerability or transparency or openness was helpful, but for me, it was just pride. I just didn't want anybody to know my weaknesses. So, you know, I had all kinds of cool ways I could think of why I don't need to do it, but it was just, I didn't want to, I was just super prideful. And that's still a, it's an ongoing battle to always appear to be better than I am. It's what Parker talked about when he went from middle school to high school. Once you get that moment where you feel like, okay, I can be king of the hill. You don't want to give that back up. And there's this constant feeling that if I tell, I remember when I were teenagers, if I tell a teenager something, I mean, this is just like a 16 year old, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was only like 23 or something, (laughs) but this is a 16 year old. I I don't need to tell them anything. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things that helped me working with teenagers was to make a decision that those guys were going to be my friends. That was the change point for me when I said people that are 16 year old are going to be my best friends. And I think when we don't, I think hopefully with our friends, we're sharing what's going on in our head, our heart, our life. When we choose to say someone between the ages of 13 and 19 is not worthy of me telling mm. them what's going on in my life, we're basically saying, I'm going to work with you, but I'm not going to be your friend. Yeah. I mean, because I, I grew up in the like going to church as a teen, and so I, I had teen leaders. And I just look back, and I feel like those were the people that like I saw them as like older sisters. You know, yeah. like I felt like they were my friends. Yeah. And like, I just, I mean, I don't really remember like the lessons or like 
times they got with yes. me. But I remember when they were like a mess with me, you know. And I remember them because I like looked up to them a lot, and I like was like I respect them. But then I was like, oh, like they're a mess, like just are like you, me. Are you friends you know? with them now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the- and, and it's cool because I feel like we've become even more peers, like the older I've gotten, right. like. And so it's cool because I do feel like that's carried over. And I feel like it's something like I felt even like they would ask me like what I thought about things. Yes. You know? And I felt like, oh, like I have something to give. Like I can like like I'm not just this helpless. Like I don't know what to do. Yes. Like and so it, it it was really and it helped me. It helped me relax more because I was like, oh, like they don't have it figured out either. Like I'm not supposed to at 15. Yes. If they don't at 25, you yes. know, like. And so I think it helped me kind of go, OK, like. I can kind of be a mess too. Yes. You know? So yeah. And that reduces stress. Yeah. And that's same in a family. If a, if parents, you know, my wife and I are parents of a team. If parents are comfortable with their insecurities, it reduces stress because the stress most teens feel is nobody understands me. Nobody is going through what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I'm the first person on yeah. earth to ever <laughs> yeah. experience mm-hmm. this. And so when people who work with teenagers look at them like, yeah, you might be, you might be. <laughs> and and, and then it, it, it kills the, it kills the teen. So let's just say we talked about how, we're going to talk about how do I identify my insecurities. And so one of the first I want you guys to talk about is the insecurity uh, about the fact that when we're insecure, a lot of the reasons we're insecure um, and, 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 and the way we can identify our, the fact that we're insecure is we feel alone. I am alone in Proverbs nineteen twenty two, And, you know, if you're a teen out there and you don't like reading your Bible and you don't like praying, you know, the scriptures are full of incredible wisdom. And there have been people who never believed in God who know that, um, you know, people like Napoleon, who may, you may not know about one of the greatest leaders, although you may not like him, one of the greatest leaders in the history of the world, uh, certainly in France. Everyone longs for love that never fails. It is better to be poor than to be a liar. Proverbs nineteen twenty two. So what this scripture is saying and the first part of it in Proverbs nineteen twenty two, everyone longs for love that never fails. So essentially it's saying no one wants to ever be alone. So when you feel alone, that's a sign that you're insecure. Can you guys comment on that? Yes. So I definitely felt alone a lot. I really wanted love, but I ended up becoming a liar, um, which is funny. Like that, It's better to be poor than a liar. It almost seems like, okay, poor and be weak and vulnerable. It's better to be that and, and talk about like the insecurities wow, and who you really are than, than to be a liar. I chose to be a liar because I was too afraid that, that the love that I really desired and wanted was going to fail. Was, I've like, never even seen that. That's really cool. Um, I, yeah, I mean, and so, okay, so for an example, an example. so today's my birthday, and I've always really hated my birthday. And um, in high school, Happy like... Happy birthday, we should sing. I think I knew it was your birthday. Story, story, not just not wait, just wait for the story. Keep going. <laughs> okay, so the story is, I really did not like my birthday, so I purposely made sure no one in high school, like my friend's, or people around didn't know that it was my birthday. My best friend Jamie knew. So, you know, I'm like, okay, let's just not talk about it. Because I was afraid if people knew and no one cared, then that meant something about me. Like, if people knew that it was my birthday and no one said anything, that that would, you know, uh, I don't validate that I was insignificant. So no one knew. I was in chemistry class. And then Jamie told this guy, Oliver. And then Oliver's like, oh, it's Kiara's birthday. And he started to sing a song oh, in front of everyone. I'm in the back Oliver. of the class. Yeah. Uh, I like... 
Yeah, I lasted through the end of the song and then just cried. I was like, I made Oliver feel so you bad. Cried. I cried in class because I was like, oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. He did it, apologize. You, so you didn't feel good that they sang birth- "Happy Birthday" to <laughs> you? Did not. I was like, oh my gosh. Now they all know. I have no balloons, no card, nothing. Now they all know that no one's cared. But uh-huh. I, even though I set myself up for that, you know, <laughs> does that kind of make sense? <laughs> you look <confused>. He's shocked. <laughs> No, I'm not shocked. <laughs> I'm just thinking process. That's I'm I'm understanding like me, I was the opposite of you. Yeah. And so if it it, it I would have let anybody know it was my birthday and when they sang, I would have said and then one more Keep round. Going, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just it's a contrast in 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 personality types, right? Um but so so I I'm trying to get my head around how would it what would a teen do with that but what so does that mean that i think the word is rejection yeah okay is that what it is yeah it's that feeling of i want to i i was told you that way but we're we're not, we're not going to dig into my old ancient stuff too much here but <laughs> i was told you that way and so what you're basically saying is i didn't want to risk rejection yes so to protect myself from rejection i didn't share things yeah. Now I'm going to go off a little bit on a, te- on a on a sidebar on this one. Do you think that happens with teenagers where they are afraid to share what's going on in their head, their heart, their life, or what they value because they're afraid if they share it, they'll get rejected? Is that something you think that goes on? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think I, <laughs> I've been trying to say, fit, like, fit in this point. And you guys, Rhett and Kara, can, can uh, say if this is true or not. But I was thinking, like, even when I'm, like we're just as insecure as these teens are. Like even when I'm around teens or I see them, like I get so stressed out. Yeah, I want them, and then I like literally go back into that mindset mm-hmm. of being in high school. Like, like I was so afraid of girls in high school, and like high school girls still scare me. <laughs> like they make me so anxious. And I think part of this, like, it goes back to to the point of like we need to share those insecurities with them so that mm-hmm. they don't feel alone. And because we also have that same fear of rejection of like, mm-hmm. are these people gonna like me? Are these people? I don't yeah. know. What are they gonna think of me? Yeah, and it's almost like you're testing the waters too. Because I do that. Like even what Alexis was saying earlier, being a chameleon, I was always trying to figure out what did they want me to say. Mm-hmm. So I was hiding who I really was, but I was testing. Okay, if I say this, like, how are you gonna re? I was looking for a reaction. If they didn't react, then I'd keep going. Yeah. But I think they do that all the time like Rhett, you got a little quiet on us Rhett. oh there you go there uh, he is. i, I want to make sure Rhett's still here uh no, i was just gonna say it's it's Boston even is it's not even <laughs> definitely <laughs> it's even uh it's not even just thoughts or or the heart like it's even you know we don't want to talk about what kind of music we like or the movies we like or ev- every time i would ask someone in high school or every time i ask a high schooler now it's like hey what do you what do you like what are you interested in like what music do you like it's always very general and vague and like, oh, you know, I like a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of listen to a little of this, a little of that. Or, you know, I don't have a favorite movie because I think we're just so worried. Like, what can they judge me off of or say, man, that's a stupid movie. I never that's, thought of that. that's so cool. I never thought of that. So, so when, you, cool. when, when, you're, when you're worried about all that stuff, doesn't that make you more alone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So does that mean that, your fear of rejection is greater than the pain of being alone. That you'd rather have the pain of being by yourself alone. No one knowing you, no one being close to you. You'd rather have the pain of being alone than the pain of rejection. Is that what that means? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think of that because I definitely tend to be more like 
more on the like introverted like I would rather be alone but I think a lot of it is like I feel like I'm in control like like some like if I can yeah. be rejected then it, that's in someone else's control like they have all the power over me and I feel like helpless but if I'm the one in control then I can I don't know it's like this mindset that like okay well yeah I'm alone but it's like by choice you know like it's not what someone else has done to me if that makes sense well know it, makes you know sense. i'm different than i think rhett and i are a little different although rhett went to church too <laughs> i didn't go to church so i i didn't have church to go to to hang out with people yeah so when you have church to go to to hang out with people you're you always have sort of a guaranteed audience you have a guaranteed group to be with mm-hmm. but when you don't go to church and you're just this kid at public school like me to be alone is to really be alone. Mm-hmm. Like if I hadn't made friends, I wouldn't have been like, yeah, I don't have any friends here, but I'll be going to my little church event. I didn't have that. I think maybe you guys underestimate the pain of loneliness. Mm. That loneliness is brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brutal. And when you have, you know, when you're at home on a Friday night or a Saturday night as a teenager, and you're in public school and you don't go to church, there is nobody calling you. There is nobody reaching out to you. And you're sitting at home, turning on the TV, getting snacks and watching things by yourself. That, and I, I think it, it's important that we understand that not every teenager has a church-going experience, that there are teenagers who hopefully will listen to this who go, yeah, I'm really alone. I also think we underestimate, like I think what you said was good, Alexis about being an introvert, Mm -hmm. but we also, and, and, you know, getting a sense of control by being alone. And I think that's a really good insight that some people out there will go, well, I don't mind being alone. Well, yes, you do. Mm -hmm. It's just that you're choosing to fear rejection more than to fear being alone. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think being alone does to somebody? What's the negatives of being alone? What happens when you're alone all the time and you feel alone? What are the negatives? I think it makes you angry. Like I just was angry a lot uh, growing up. I think it makes you bitter at people. Like I remember the kids at school who were more popular, even though they were like, I was thinking about this morning. I was like, okay, like I hated those people. But then whenever they would talk to me, they were always, they actually were always really nice. And so I kind of felt guilty this morning. I was like, dang, all those people were really nice, but I was just so angry because I didn't have what they had. So I was jealous. Uh, I was like competitive with my friends. This is awesome. Like I remember my uh, like my best friend Nico growing up. He was better than me at like literally every sport, every I had video a game. Like that. <laughs> and, Couple, but I was like in such Nico. denial about it. Like I would like I would never give him any credit for anything. Like I was even thinking about it the other day. I was like, man, like amazing <laughs> t- amazing games or or uh, football catches you made, but I never gave him any credit. And I never asked him for help in any of these areas where I was like, man, like I had so much to learn, yeah. but I just like, you get so proud because yeah, you don't want to admit you're alone. Like, so that's what I think is like when you were talking about the fear of, of loneliness versus rejection was like, well, the thing with the loneliness I had, was like, like I just was in denial about it and constantly was like, no, well, I have these people, so I'm okay. So I'm not really alone. Yeah. Right. But I was, yeah, I was just ignoring it. I think it's incredible what you shared about because I think a lot of kids feel that bitterness, that anger, and they don't know where it comes from. And they don't know why am I mad that that kid is succeeding at this? Why am I mad? That, and, and I know some kids feel like someone left them behind and doesn't mm-hmm. want to be their friend when yeah. it's not true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I mean, because I, I was just thinking about like the whole fear of rejection versus loneliness. Because I, because I, I think, so around freshman or sophomore year, I had a friend, we were like best friends. She had like just moved there. And so I was like her first friend. We had lunch together every day. But then like halfway through sophomore year, she just was like, kind of was like, I'm going to go hang out with the popular kids now, you know? And so I felt like, like, it felt like this, like, I was afraid that I wasn't good enough and you confirmed it. Why you didn't know? you go with her? <laughs> I was freaked out. I don't know. I mean, she she just kind of like, she, it wasn't like this conscious, like, hey, now I'm going to go hang out with them. She just stopped hanging out with me. And so I think I felt Why didn't this, you ask her? Why did you stop hanging uh, out? Yeah, with I was afraid. <laughs> no, but see, yeah. this, is, this, this is important. This is important. St- <laughs> this is stuff I've worked through in my life. Yeah. This is important stuff because not because of you. Yeah. Because there are teenagers who don't know what to do. Yeah. When the people they were friends with when they were in middle school don't talk to them in high school. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to get into your head and go, yeah. what what would make you not go? Because I'm the kind of person with my friends who if one of them stopped hanging out with me, I would go, like, what's your deal? Them. That was yeah. how I was. So I don't yeah. understand yeah. <laughs> what what happens. So I want to understand what happens. I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I never really thought maybe I should have gone with her. <laughs> but I, I think I... I don't know. I feel like I had this like insecurity, like I don't like. Oh, they wouldn't want me, or like yeah. I think that's very real. Yeah, see, I think I think again, we're not talking about the four of you. We're yeah. talking about the teenagers who are listening. Yeah. yeah, and we're trying to help them understand you can have a friend leave you, and then you can be paralyzed. Yeah, by the fear of rejection on two levels, mm-hmm. right? One is my friend just kind of rejected me, mm-hmm. and you may not realize it at the moment, but they yeah. drift away, which yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. They rejected me, and now I've got to deal with the fact that if I try to go be with that friend, I could be rejected a second time. Yeah. By the, and I think rejection, I really, I'm, listen, I didn't think this coming in here, but I think rejection can make us choose loneliness. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and and I, this is what's been in my mind the whole time we've been talking about the loneliness is, I don't know if you guys are old enough, you're probably not old enough to remember, but I remember the Columbine killers, the shooters at, uh, at yeah. the Columbine High School. Mm-hmm. To me, and there's all kinds of things that are beyond my skill set, psychological, et cetera. But to me, sometimes this stuff comes down to I'm so alone. Mm-hmm. What Rhett said, I sit at home, I'm bitter, I'm resentful, I'm angry. And because no one is able to reach a kid who's alone, eventually that that kid becomes dangerous. And then and our, our producer, Nathan, just did a great uh, prompt for me is the next element of really being insecure is I'm unhappy. And if you think about it, mm-hmm. when you spend enough time alone, yeah. you eventually become unhappy. In Job 10.1, it says, I hate my life. Mm-hmm. I, You know, I, I, I talked about Downton Abbey not that long ago. I like it, Downton Abbey. No teen's going to know what that is, so I'm not going <laughs> to get into it real deep. But Parker can maybe help me out with some reference that applies. <laughs> but basically, when you are really miserable, you will make it your mission to make other people miserable. Yeah. And I think sometimes these shooters in high school – the bottom line is they're miserable and they just get to a point where they want to make someone else miserable. Obviously, I don't understand the psychology of it, the family dynamics of it. There's all kinds of factors. But one factor is loneliness needs to unhappiness. I hate my life, so I will complain without holding back. I will speak because I am so happy. In other words, in Job 10.1, this Job is talking about when you get to the point where you hate your life so much, you don't mind letting all your angst and your bitterness mm. out. You don't mind letting it flow. And that can sometimes be getting in fights at high school. Mm. That can be 
uh, uh, texting people mean texts, making fun of kids on text. I know that happens where people text people and make fun of them, ridicule them, getting on social media and bullying. I think a lot of bullying comes because people are unhappy with their own life. They want to make somebody more miserable. And so when you look at this issue of unhappiness and the teen experience, and I want to lean on Red and Kara a little bit, how do you guys deal with kids' unhappiness and helping them with their unhappiness? Man, I have no idea. I haven't really been I don't think I've really been working on that. Like I like I know there's kids right now who are really unhappy right. and I've been having such a hard time getting through to them of like mm-hmm. giving them hope. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. So I yeah, I don't So know. that's a challenging and and, 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 all, and kind of frustrating thing to deal with yeah. is a chronically unhappy kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what any any ideas on that, Kara, that you guys have attacked or do you feel similarly different? I mean, I feel similar because I think when, when we start talking about this kind of stuff, I can wanna my tendency is to sugarcoat things like, yeah. okay, yeah, but it'll be get better. It's going to be fine or whatever, instead of actually dealing with the unhappiness and and the unhappiness coming from, from loneliness. Because I, mm-hmm. I was just thinking, like, when I feel alone, like, I start believing that there are reasons I'm alone. Yeah. Like, that this is significant. What would be a reason to be alone? I that, that, that I really am not good enough. That oh. yeah, yeah, just about who I am. Like, this is why I'm alone, because I'm not good enough. I'm not, like, pretty enough. I'm not whatever enough. Um and then that leads to unhappiness and a lot of like, yeah, hatred where I'm just like angry inside. So let's just because Rhett just did a great thing. I, I appreciate you guys talking about, man, I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's to me, that makes a great podcast. I love the conversation. So let's just unpack this thing. Right. So if someone's unhappy and they're alone. Right. Then what you got to start dealing with is you got to start dealing with why they're unhappy. Mm hmm. And what are the reasons why someone's unhappy? I've got them up on the screen. You can't see it if you're out there on the podcast, but there's four areas that make somebody unhappy. They're unhappy about their appearance. They're unhappy about their level of intelligence. They're unhappy about their ability, and they're unhappy about their likability. So let's take appearance. That means your face, your body, your height, your hair, et cetera, your intelligence, my success at school, college, work, and among friends. What Rhett talked about earlier about you can end up with a fr- better than you at everything. And that friend, if that friend is better than you at everything, it can make you feel really bad about yourself. Uh, Ability. I'm not good at anything. I'm not good at music. I'm not good at art. I'm not good at athletics. I don't know science. I don't know how to use technology. And so there's the intelligence, the capacity to learn and to succeed at proving you can learn. And then there's the ability, the actual ability to do something with that intelligence and or with that skill. Uh, And then likability. I don't know how to be or what to say so people like me. So you said, I don't really know how to deal, you know, with people that are unhappy. I think first you got to get them talking about why they're unhappy, which is why it's so important that people who work with teenagers are vulnerable about their insecurities. And guess what else? They've got to be vulnerable about their unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And you know what? A 25-year-old person can be unhappy too. (laughs) And so if you're not out there leading the way, like imagine if you had uh, times on, on when you meet with your teenagers where you spent time on topics rather than say, teamwork you spent time on topics talking Mm. about how to be happy talking about how to be secure and actually so what would a person do if they're unhappy about their appearance i was unhappy about mine i'm still unhappy that i'm not denzel washington yeah i think i i just had this thought tell me what you think about this so i think connecting this back to the other scripture i think what makes us 
at least like like the the scripture you read before it says everyone longs for love that never fails so everyone longs to feel loved yes and i think when you're alone and i mean i think everyone has these like unhappy or happy everyone's i mean i'm completely insecure about like all this stuff yeah. face body intelligence every, yeah. all that stuff funny thing is you got them all so that's the amazing part <laughs> but um, <laughs> he actually has all four anyway, anyway um, i told you that before off the podcast but but what i'm thinking what i'm thinking is cuz for me, a huge thing was I felt alone in middle school and high school, and I never realized yeah. it. And that's really what made me unhappy. And I think in order for us to feel this love that never fails, like people, ha- we have to be vulnerable and people have to know this, this stuff that we don't like yeah. about us. Because I'm thinking, because what happened is I had all these insecurities and all these thoughts. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm too, I used to think I was too short in middle school yeah. and high school. Yeah. Like I had all these things. And or even like things that went on inside my head that no one knew about. Yeah. And if you have those things inside your head that no one knows about, you will never feel loved. You will never feel completely Mm. loved because because that thought in your head will stay there of if they knew this about me, they wouldn't love me. So until you're completely vulnerable by all that stuff, you can't feel love. You can actually feel Mm -hmm. it. Well, I mean, I even think of the script, the scripture we just read, like I, I think like I look at what the, that guy said, like he said, I hate my life. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be honest about it. Like, I think that that's the solution yeah. is that you're like, I have to. And I think I was just thinking about like, I wish that that's what I did in high school, yeah. that I just was like, I hate my life, Me you know, too. like, cause <laughs> I would, cause like, I would just be like, oh no, I'm fine. Or, oh no, I'm, you know, I have this going for, like, I would try to like make it up with all these things, but like, yeah. I was so unhappy and, and I felt this, like everyone else is fine. So right. like, if I say I'm unhappy, then like. Yeah, there's something wrong with me or like I have no reason to be. So you know? would that mean that when you go to a teen event, what you need is a constant. You need two constant things. One, uh, why teen leaders who will say, hey, unhappiness is or I should say, well, I'll say it. Unhappiness is normal. I actually mm-hmm. Parker spoke and said, you know, whether you're unhappy or happy, everybody has yeah. this feelings about this but that unhappiness is normal you're gonna be unhappy about something mm-hmm. in high school there were several things i was happy about i felt like i it was a great experience but there are other things that i was like i hate this part of mm-hmm. high school right and i just was the kind of person who didn't do those like if i wasn't if i wasn't good at it and i didn't like it i just didn't do it yeah yeah go. uh but so i i think it's important that 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 when when someone goes to an event where, yeah. where people are talking they've got to be validated that yeah everybody has something in their appearance they don't mm-hmm. like. Yes. Mm-hmm. But how do you overcome your unhappiness about your appearance? Parker touched on it. Well, let's pull it all in. When people like you, you feel like you look fine. Yeah. The problem is if you have no friends, you have nobody to say. Yeah. Like when you say, I remember I had two really, really, I had more than two. I don't want to, in case some of my friends ever listen to this, I don't want to say I didn't. Have, but I had two really good friends, Scott Reset. I mean, Scott Baker and Dirk Reset. And I was not good at basketball. And I mean, I was in many ways terrible when I started out. But those were two guys who, whenever they talked to me, they're like, no, 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 you'll be really good. You can be really good. No, look, dude, learn to do this. You'll be great. No, are you kidding me? You're better than that kid. And so when you have that kind of affirmation Support. coming towards you, you suddenly, you may not have great ability, but you believe I could have great ability. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. um, now I think ultimately you've got to get your relationship with God on straight. We yeah. talk a lot yeah. about people. Yeah. And so you've got to learn how to get to God and work those things out. 
But we're going to kind of end on this point because it's this is this is enough to get you going. Remember, the podcast is not here to solve every problem mm-hmm. or answer every question or even resolve everything. But what the podcast can do is it can get you on a good conversation where you're able to talk to God, mm-hmm. you're able to talk to your friends, as Parker talked about, you're able to talk to other people and identify your insecurities. Mm-hmm. We hope you listen to our next podcast because we'll probably throw some more teen stuff in. And if you're an adult and you made it this far, I hope you've done what all of us have done is realize none of us have resolved all of our insecurities from high school or middle Mm -hmm. school or maybe even elementary school. (laughs) Have a great week.